0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 80. Oh my god, so many podcasts. Hopefully everybody had a good Halloween time. This time, I don't really have anything new for PC gaming to talk about. Some new stuff came out on consoles, but, you know, the, the ones I have are in storage, so I can't talk about that stuff. So I decided I would talk about some iPhone stuff, which is, you know, iOS, for those of you without iPhones. So hopefully you'll find that useful and or at least interesting. Enjoy the show. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, well, I would love to sort of review and talk about some console games. The consoles I have are in storage because everything in my life is pretty much in storage. So I can't talk about console games. I did get an iPhone, I guess about two years ago now. It's a lot longer ago than I always think it is. And I do occasionally get iOS games. So I can talk about them. So for a while, I have been thinking... You know, should I, because they are typically very short games. But I know that some of my listening audience does have an iOS device, or, you know, several in some cases. So I thought, meh, I guess, why not? You know, I don't have anything to talk about this week that I can think of. There are a couple of games that I picked up recently, so might as well, I suppose. Probably won't make any special introduction music for them, as I did for a few things. Because, you know, it's a game review just like the regular PC games I review. So I will probably just talk about them as I would talk about anything else. Carry on my wayward son.
1: There'll be peace when you are
0: done.
1: Lay your weary
0: head to rest. Don't you cry no more. iLord is by secret exit. It has separate clients for the iPhone slash touch and iPad. It is not universal, as I think they call it. It is totally free. There aren't annoying ads or anything in the game, which is very rare for a free game. It is in the category, I guess you could call it of a match three game. If you have played PopCap Games Zuma, it's very similar. There are balls that come out along a track, and the track seems random. I've played about a dozen times, and I don't think I've ever seen the same track. You get an eyeball in your queue, and you need to, you know, match three or more to make them disappear before they get to the eye lord who noms them all up, and the game is over. Since it is a matching game, and the eyeballs have different colors... I don't know if it's a game somebody who is colorblind would be able to play easily or at all. Off the top of my head, in kind of order of appearance, there are white eyeballs, red ones, green ones, orange ones, and then sort of a a medium blue, because one of the power-up balls is a light blue. And I think that's as many as I've seen. I haven't been able to get very far in the game so far. Since I do know somebody who is red-green colorblind who listens to the podcast. Hello Kevin. I don't know, you know, if such a person would be able to play cuz you know red and green are pretty much the main colors when you start the game. There is not a colorblind option for it as I have seen in some games. So, like I said, you know, it's free. You can check it out. The graphics are very awesome. There's not a whole lot of animation. The balls move around but the background is fairly static and it kind of reminds me a lot of an old school pinball game because there is that sort of static background and then the balls you know move around. The graphics are very awesome though. They look really really good. I mean there's not a whole lot going on but they look really good. Since the tracks can't be chosen I don't think there's any kind of difficulty setting. So that is kind of problematic, because if you aren't very good at it, you're going to find it frustrating and not very fun to play. And I suppose the opposite side of that is if you're super awesome at it, you can't, you know, fast forward to a higher level. The music sounds pretty good. It's sort of heavy metal-like, and sounds kind of like something you might hear in the background of any episode of Supernatural. I think there is only the one song, though, so it does get pretty monotonous pretty quickly. You can use coins that you get as you play to get a second song but it's like even if you had two songs it's like really there's just two songs. There are different bonus things that cause the balls to either explode or slow down and that will slightly change the music for a little bit. So again I think that partly contributes to the pinball-like feel. There aren't really any options for sound. There is sound and music you know two separate things. And you can turn them on or off. There is no sliders. And it doesn't let you play other music. Like I will often listen to a podcast and play a game. You can't do that. It will shut down whatever is running in the background. So you either play the game and listen to the game or, you know, do other things. It is not a game you can do other things with. As you play the game, you gain rank and coins. And the coins can be used to unlock different things. Some of the things I would say don't bother spending your coins on like backgrounds because backgrounds will automatically unlock with rank. It seems like the only thing really worth spending your coins on is upgrading the power balls, I think they call them, which are a few different kind of special power-ups. One explodes in a little area, one freezes things and slows things down. And then I just got one unlocked that explodes in a radius. So it's kind of like, you know, the track will vary on how you know it weaves around so if you use that one you know it might be better to blow it up at a certain time rather than another time because it would hit you know different areas of the track it's kind of hard to describe i would say it's very awesome and fun and i've played quite a bit you know since it's free you know if you play more than half an hour it's pretty much worth the download as i said though you know if you're not going to play it again you know delete it so it doesn't take up hard drive space But it's free, so I say it's definitely worth checking out. If you enjoy Zuma, you will very definitely enjoy this, unless, you know, you're grossed out by it. Because it is kind of gross. It's, you know, eyeballs and stuff. But it's very fun, and I like it. And, I don't know, I've played a few hours so far, and I will probably keep it on my phone for a little while. Funky Smugglers by 11-Bit Studios is a game that the closest way I can think to describe it would be like operation but the patient is moving. It's basically that you are a security officer at an airport and people will go from one side of the screen to the other and as they pass behind the x-ray machine which is pretty much like 90% of your screen there will be items you can see. Some items are okay for them to have. Some are contraband items. thus the name Funky Smugglers. And so what you have to do is grab the contraband items and get rid of them. After you touch them, you can hold them, you know, in your hand as it were. But you can only do so for a short time. Seems like it's about one second, I think, to start. But you can juggle it as it were. You can sort of toss it into the air. It has gravity and will come back down. Or you can just do what I do and sort of let your finger off real fast. And that will refresh the timer. And the more items you hold, the the bigger the bonus. But you have to be very careful because if you hit an item you're not supposed to hit, you know, the not contraband items, it will pretty much explode everything on the screen. And all the points you would have otherwise gotten for getting rid of those contraband items are lost. So it's kind of a risk, you know, the more stuff you hold in your hand, the higher your multiplier But, you know, the points don't count until you toss them off the screen, as it were. It's very tricky because the position of where they hold the item can be, you know, tricky to get to when the next person comes by. And the guys are moving. So they're not only moving from one side of the screen to the other. They will sometimes be on their wrist. And some of the guys, like, wave their arms around. So it's like, it's moving and moving and moving and moving. Graphics are very awesome in a sort of cartoonish style sound is very cool the music is a lot of fun but it seems like there's only a few tracks so it gets kind of repetitive kind of quickly the music and sound are on their own sliders so you can turn the music down if you're like me you know you turn it down because it's cool but I've heard it it is not friendly for playing other things so as I mentioned before you know sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and play a game Again, this is not a game you can do that. You're either playing the game and listening to the game sounds or not. I think it's a universal game and will work for any iOS device. You don't need multiple clients for it. It's very cheap. It is $1. It does have a coin system. So there is stuff you can buy in the game. And you know, you can buy coins if you want to do that. But you can unlock different passengers, you can unlock different backgrounds, you can unlock different items that they're gonna be carrying. There's even a couple of songs to unlock and various, you know, boosts for your game. I did notice a option for right or left-handed. So I haven't tested it out, but I would assume that would flip the direction the passengers are traveling. Because, you know, as a right-handed person, if you point at the screen, you know, the bulk of your hand is to the right side. And so, you know, if they're coming from the left side, you can get a good view at them. Whereas, you know, a left-handed person, if they were pointing at the screen, they would be blocking where the people come from. So I'm assuming changing that to left or right-handed would flip the direction that people are coming. So that's very cool. Unfortunately, this is probably not a colorblind-friendly game, as the items you want to grab are red and the items that are okay for people to have are green. And there is no option for colorblind people. So again, I think this probably would not work out for those people. There are tons of videos online and, you know, trailers for the game. So you can take a peek at it there since it is a dollar. It isn't free to just, you know, pick it up and check it out. But I would assume that, you know, looking at a video would have the same color effect. As I said, the only real way I can think to describe it is sort of like Operation, but, you know, with things moving around. It is very fun. The soundtrack is very awesome. The sounds in general are all spot on. There's no option for a difficulty setting. It just sort of ramps up on its own. There is an option, you know, with your coin purchases to sort of skip levels. So if you wanted to do that, you could do that. But, you know, you'll eventually run out of coins. And I don't know if that's really worth spending coins on. The levels, I think, are random. In, you know, it sort of sends you batches of people. They seem to be slightly different each time, but in general the levels have the same kind of pattern and difficulty. I so far typically die around level 4. They are always carrying a big luggage type thing that has 3 spots that can have stuff, and then there's potentially 3 spots on the people, and that that one always weaves in and out between good and bad items, so you're flipping your finger all over the place on the screen so that one usually gets me there are different power-ups in the game I guess you could call them some things will slow time down you can get a magnetized thing where you just kind of hold your finger on the screen and it just goes and grabs everything that's bad you do still have to watch out for the good things so you can still bump into them there's one that makes it go really really fast which is super dangerous that one usually gets me I think all the items in the super fast mode are ones you're supposed to grab. So you just have to be sure to grab them all. But the people will start going by so fast it's really crazy. And it's kind of funny because the music will change to the speed of whatever's going on. So if you use the slow power or you use the speed up power the music will go according to that speed. And when it goes fast it's pretty funny. Like I said it's pretty cheap. It's a dollar. One of the cheaper ones though that is the bulk of the cost of games for iOS. And I would say it is very worth it. I mean, you know, if you take the cost of a regular computer game and divide that by the number of hours. If you play an iOS game for an hour, you've pretty much gotten your money's worth. I don't know exactly how long I've played this game so far. But I would guess I've probably played it maybe two hours so far. So definitely with their money. It is one of the casual ones you just pick up and kind of play when you're in line or waiting for food or whatever. So I will probably, you know, keep playing for quite a while and it seems like a lot of fun. Another game I have been playing on my phone is 10 million which is spelled out I guess you could call it with the number so one zero 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 like the worst name ever it is by 88 games it is in the match three category but this has a grid so you've got a bunch of stuff scattered around and where you touch you can move a column vertically up or down or a row horizontally right to left and when you let go it has to match something otherwise it will snap back into the position that it started in unlike the previous games this game should be fine for colorblind people since it has icons you have a timer and your person is sort of moving to the right but as the timer runs out he gets pushed to the left Various obstacles will stop your way, and that's when you want to match things that are stopping you. Like if you're fighting somebody, you want to match either melee weapons, which is a sword icon, or magic, which is a staff icon. There's also chests and doors, which will require you to match keys. And it's kind of best, I think, if you try to match four of a kind or five of a kind instead of rushing just to do three, three, three all the time. You can choose the level of the dungeon though I think it is random as to you know what comes at you and what you have to do to get past things. But if you're having a hard time you can set it at a lower difficulty and it will progress to the next level as you you know get further into the dungeon. It is in 8-bit style so even though it's a you know current slash new game and has a very old school look. It has sort of a midi style soundtrack which is Really kind of awesome in an old school way if you are into that sort of thing. The sound and music are on their own sliders, so you can control them independently. And unlike the previous two games, this game can run with stuff in the background. So if you want to listen to a podcast or you want to listen to music while playing this game, you can. It is a little bit pricier than normal at $2, so it's kind of like, you know, sticker shock. Whoa, this is, you know, double the cost of the normal game. Is it worth it? I don't know, I have played it quite a bit. And you know, $2 is less than it'll cost you for a drink at lunchtime. And as I said before, you know, with these mobile phone type games, I expect if I get an hour play for each dollar I spent, you know, it's worth it. And I have played considerably more than two hours. You have sort of an upgrade area when you are not in a dungeon. And you get gold, wood, stone, And I think of it sort of like Karma. It's purple. I don't know if they actually have names for them. But each of those things will allow you to upgrade or open doors in your not-combat area. Such as you can open a doorway that will allow you to get into a blacksmith area, which will upgrade your melee weapon attacks. Or you can open an area that allows you to upgrade your magical attacks. There are several doorways which cover pretty much everything, so you need to... Eventually upgrade everything to get more and more powerful in the dungeon each run through you get to keep your points That you have accumulated and you're trying to get to 10 million. Thus, the name You also have three inventory slots to start you can unlock a fourth and those will get different items like special spell attacks Or you can sometimes get a key that will unlock any number of locks that are currently blocking you and you use these items You know at specific times and you will get them by doing really awesome matches. Like if you do four in a row for a key, you'll most often get the key. These inventory items will stay if you don't use them. So it's kind of like you're always going through the dungeons. It's not like, oh, I lost that fight and you know, the game is over. Kind of like it's a repeated set of little games that you play for a very long time. It's pretty fun. If you're into the sort of match style of game, it's a good buy the 8-bit style does look a little bit odd these days because everything else is sharp and clean and crisp and it is you know old-school sort of 8-bit ish very rough around the edges as it were but certainly worth the two dollars I would say if you are into the match type games I listen to a few hours of podcasts a week, and pretty much I do it in the nighttime when I'm hiding because, you know, I can't do much else because it would draw attention to me. My free headphones that I got with my iPhone probably two years ago, I don't exactly remember what year it was I got it. All I remember is it was near my birthday in late August, and it was pretty close to the launch of the iPhone 4. I think it was 2010. Anyways, not terribly important. Those headphones had been breaking for quite a while. The cord at the connector point had become probably damaged inside. What was happening is if I moved, the sound would turn up or turn down or it would skip about half a second or a second because it was causing a little bit of like electrical shortage to happen. So I was getting more and more worried that was causing damage and got some new headphones which is kind of fortuitous I that now since I am talking about iOS games. In-the-ear headphones seem to range from 15 bucks all the way up to, I think I saw one at like about 150 or $250. they are you know, fewer and fewer the higher you go. I have always wondered if ones over, you know, like $50 are actually worth that higher price because they are such tiny speakers. I am not an audiophile in terms of numbers. I am very good in terms of hearing the tonal range and positioning. But that's something, you know, you actually have to have the headphones to hear the differences for. So I decided, since the major spoilers site is supported by one particular company and they recommend them, I decided I would give them a try, even though I'd never heard of that company before. The company in question is Tweaked Audio, spelled T-W-E-A-K-E-D. And if you go to the major spoilers site, there is a coupon code that gives you 30% off. The headphones I ordered were the kind that have a mic in them so that, you know, I could use them for my phone. Unfortunately, if you do that, you only have one option. They have, I think like four different kinds, but if you want one with a mic in it, you only have, you know, one choice. They shipped it pretty fast. I think it took about three days to get to me, maybe four, but they accidentally sent me the wrong ones, The ones that come with a mic are the same as ones that don't. They're called the Classic. And this is like, you know, Classic with mic, Classic without mic. I looked at the shipping receipt and it looked like it printed out just Classic, not any mention of the microphone. I verified on my order through PayPal, which is how they run their orders, that it did say, you know, the mic'd version. So I sent them an email. I said, hey guys, I got the headphones. And it looks like the shipping label got printed wrong, so I got shipped the wrong one. And they were super nice. They responded pretty much the next day because I wrote to them in the evening time when they were closed. And they said, yeah, uh, totally sorry. We'll send you the correct ones. And, you know, go ahead and keep the ones that we sent you by mistake. So that was super awesome and super fast and really good support. I don't know what I will do with a second set of in-the-ear headphones, but I have them. So I guess I will just put them in storage or something. They seem to have super good tonal range. All the tonal range is there. It's not too high or too low, as sometimes happens with speakers. These seem way louder than the generic ones that came with my iPhone. I have been listening to podcasts, I would guess, around 10 or 15% maximum volume, whereas before with the generic headsets, I had to be at like 50% volume. So these are much louder. If you are looking for headphones that need to be loud, they seem really good. These are apparently the noise canceling type, which for headphones that go over your ear means that they go you know, all the way over your ear and have you know, cushioning that blocks out the sound. For in the ear earbuds, I guess what it means is that it has kind of a plastic mushroom top and that sort of acts as an ear plug with a speaker in the middle, which is a bit unusual for me. I haven't used this type before and it feels a little strange You also have to get it kind of really snugly in there to get the angle correct for the speaker to play the full tonal range. Otherwise, it's kind of odd sounding. There's three different ear mushroom pieces, I guess I could say. So, you know, depending on how well you want it to fit, you have your choice. And I suppose, too, if you really didn't like that, you wouldn't have to use them. But I did take a quick look at it, and it looks like the speaker is right up at the edge there. So it would be kind of. Risky, I would think, to not use them with it because then the speaker's just you know right at the edge there where it can get damaged or you know get ear stuff in it. I suppose though you need to be careful of ear stuff either way, but they seem really good with the coupon code. they were about twenty bucks, which isn't too bad. It's a lot more than the generic headphones that are like five bucks, but the average you know seem to be around I think fifteen to thirty bucks. For price range so you know 20 bucks with coupon isn't too bad if you need some I would highly recommend them though without the coupon code at like the full 35 they might be a bit pricey I'm not sure I am not an audiophile in terms of technical specs so I wouldn't know what to look for you know to determine if a headset was a good quality or not just by the specs but they seem pretty good And I would recommend them if you need a pair of in-the-ear headphones. So I guess that is it for this rabbits ramblings. There is no pirate treasure. I can't even remember the last time I had one. Pirates are getting very lonely since I have nothing to talk about. My system has been pretty good yesterday and today. no issues so far, but about the three days before that, it was really bad and really worried me, as I mentioned last podcast on Friday, it was just total disaster. The day continued to be a total disaster, and and it continued to have lockups throughout the day, and it was pretty bad. Saturday, it started out okay, but sort of midday, it had some lockup issues, and I had to try and restart. and had the DOS-style check that it ran, and it was also pretty bad. Sunday was bad, but avoidably bad. By then, I had figured out that the sort of hum I hear over my headphones, sort of an electric buzz... And then it has sort of a a whirring sound that winds down. It goes, and I discovered if I start to hear that, that means pretty much two things. One is it's going to lock up on me and do the non-responsive thing when it does those noises. But two, I discovered if I shut down the system, pull out the battery, unplug it, let it sit for a little bit, and then, you know, put it all back together and restart it. It seems like it is avoidable. So whatever is causing that issue doesn't always seem to happen which is why it's not completely dead and it seems like if I catch it early as it were it can sort of be avoided you know I'll be stuck for that one time but if I can get it shut down after that which you know I usually can it's just a question of how long will it take it seems that there's a moderate chance that it will boot up and be just fine after that but I'm very worried because I don't have, you know, any money to replace it. And it seems like going with the cancer analogy of before that the cancer is spreading. I tried to run a backup the other day and there was a ton of error messages. And it all looked like they were unknown location kind of errors. And all of those files that should have had a location are on the new solid state disk. So that means it's not restricted to the primary disk. Also, there was a ton of sort of CD, DVD reading errors when I was trying to do the cloning. And occasionally over the years, there has been issues with USB devices. Recently, a few times I had plugged in my iPhone to do its charging, syncing thing, and it didn't didn't recognize what it was. So it seems possible it is the controller of all the things that talks to the system which means if that goes completely, there's apparently nothing I can do to fix the system and it's basically dead in the water. And that worries me because I have no money to replace it. Something comparable in power is about 1,000 to 1225, which is not as bad as I thought it would be. And it would be nice because, you know, then I wouldn't have to worry about the issues. And also, you know, I would have a system that does not have a teeny tiny battery that runs out in 30 minutes. You know, I would have several hours so I wouldn't have to worry about it when I do things like my recording for my podcast. But without the money, um, there's nothing I can do but hope that my system doesn't die. So I guess that's it for this time. And I can't think of anything else to say. Maybe next time I'll have some more regular PC stuff to talk about. I don't know. Still have no idea what to say for next time. But hopefully, I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Sort of review and talk about some console games. The one console... Oh, I have two. Or, I guess that's not even relevant. Ha! No, that's stupid. Erase that. Oh, Catwoman. Catwoman, will you never learn? You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation... You can find the show website at www.rabbit.com podcast rabbitsramblings.html If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbit.com it's rabbit.com but with not a period. When you type rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.